Welcome back to the Revival Carriers podcast. It is such an honor to be back here. Today's guest, Barry Miracle, he is one of those guys that I am genuinely, as I have been with many of my guests, just shocked that he was willing to come on the show because he's one of those guys who God is using him so much. He's an author. He's got his podcast. And I've seen him in different just He's in a lot of like bigger events and associates with more awesome people than myself. And so whenever I I heard, or I should say, whenever I thought about inviting him onto the podcast, it was one of those things where I, of course, see him on my Facebook feed and I know about the things that he was doing. And I actually saw him put up his very first podcast episode and I saw it and I listened to it and I thought, man, this is really good. And I started thinking to myself, I would, I would love to have Barry come on the Revival Carriers podcast, but I thought there's no way that he's going to say yes. He's Barry Miracle. He's he's busy. He's a busy guy. I know he is. I just You'll see in the interview here, you can see clearly he has a very nice office and is very well lit compared to myself. So clearly he, he has some experience. He knows what he's doing. Yeah, he's, he's, uh, he's being used by the Lord in awesome ways. And so whenever I thought about inviting him, I thought to myself, do I dare? Do I dare invite Barry Miracle? Do you think that I I figured he probably wouldn't even respond to my message because I have I have invited other guests who don't even respond to my messages before. That's just that's just part of the whole thing of inviting people to come do your show is some people don't respond. And I thought to myself, "Man, Barry, he is he has such an awesome story and his first podcast, especially Wake Up Into Your Dream. I'll I'll put the link down and we're going to talk about it. That's why I'm not going into it right now." But whenever I heard his podcast, I thought to myself, man, his story is so awesome. And the way that God has used him is so awesome. And the way that he he just preaches the gospel is just so, it's so dynamic. And so I just, I just love it. I love his style. I love what he has to say. He says he's very good at saying things in a way that are so succinct and profound at the same time. And so I thought to myself, man, if I could get him to come on the show and just be able to sit down and talk to him and just hear just hear from him the the wisdom that God has given him and the way that God has used him. I just wanted to hear more. I wanted to hear more of his story. And I thought it'd be really encouraging for those of you who listen. And uh, man, it was just whenever I, I wrote him, I thought to myself, he's got a new podcast and I've got a podcast. I wonder if maybe he might be willing to do it. And so like I said, I thought to myself, do I dare? And I thought to myself, I do dare. Because I'm one of those guys who believes very strongly and the worst that can happen is they say no, because that's just how it is, right? It's, I, I am a much stronger believer in going for it, trying it, reaching out, going for the things that you, uh, God has put in your heart and just running for it. I believe in being a person of excellence, of having guests of excellence in everything I do, not just on this podcast, but also just in life in general. Everything I do, I want to be the best of the best. And so on this show, the same thing, I want to have the best of the best guests. And I thought Barry would be one of the best of the best guests if I could get him. So I wrote him and I said, hey, Barry, you got a podcast? I got a podcast. I don't remember exactly how I said it, but it was something along those lines. I said, would you be interested in coming doing an interview? And he wrote me back pretty much right away. I couldn't believe it. And so we were able to set up a time. We did this interview. And I got to tell you guys, whenever you talk to people who are successful, you never, I, I know for myself, because just what I do, not even way before this podcast ever existed, it just, because I've been a missionary for so long, you bump into a lot of people. I've had 
I've had a lot of encounters with a lot of well-known, famous people in terms of the ministry and the church, people who are who are very apostolic or prophetic, and they have they're more of the the people that have books and have all these shows and all these things that they do. And I've had a lot of run-ins with them, and a lot of the, a lot of times you have no idea what you're running into because one thing that I have learned through all of this is some famous people in the kingdom of God. Some famous people are famous because they're incredible marketers, and some people are famous because they're incredible prayers, and the Lord has lifted them up and given them the position that they're in. Others, they actually don't have quite the depth of prayer and the depth of relationship with God as, as they portray but they just happen to be very, very good marketers and they know how to make themselves look good. They know how to say the right things. They know how to, there, there's so much more there that's more about the business side. And I'm not critic. I'm not naming anyone because I'm not, I don't want to criticize anybody or anything. I can't judge anybody's heart. That's just from what I have seen. And I got to tell you guys, when I did this interview with Barry, I was so pleasantly surprised because, well, I mean, I wasn't that surprised because I've heard, I've heard Barry preach and I listened to his podcast and he is, he is one of the most sincere guys. I have, I loved speaking with Barry. I love getting to hear his story and I'm hoping he'll come back on. He, he said he would come back on to share a little bit more and, uh, for another episode. So we're going to, I'm going to set that up. And I was really just so pleased in this conversation with Barry because he is so as much success as he has had and the things that the Lord has allowed him to do and the things that the Lord has used him in, he has been, uh, he was really an example of how to be just a long-standing faithful man of God, walking with the Holy Spirit, walking with the Lord, and what that looks like as you progress through ministry, as you progress through life. And it was really this honor to speak to him because he was that in and is that example. And so I was so happy he I, he was one of the most fun guests that I've had on this show, for sure. I, I laughed a lot more than I thought I would, had a lot more fun with him than I thought I would, and he was just such a such a down-to-earth, just a great guy to talk to. And so I really hope you enjoy this. Uh, also, there we're going to be talking about his book, we're going to be talking about his podcast, and we're just going to be talking about some different things that Barry does in his ministry, and those links are going to be in the description here, and so make sure you check those out. You're going to want to make sure you get a copy of his book, and make sure you check out the things that we're talking about here. Like I said, I'll put in the description and all that. And also, um, don't forget to subscribe, okay? If you haven't already subscribed uh, to the podcast, make sure you do so because I've got new episodes coming out two times a week, every Tuesday, every Thursday, and you're not going to want to miss this Thursday's episode because it is another bio episode, and this time the bio is on Smith Wigglesworth, or as I like to call him, The Wiggles. He is one of my favorite people in church history. He is of the plumber that became an evangelist that turned the world upside down for Jesus, and we're going to talk about him and the amazing power that God used through him, that God moved through him in his life. It is such a powerful he was such a powerful man of God. And we're going to talk about him, share about his life. And it's kind of a companion piece to the Charles Finney episode. If you haven't already listened to that, make sure you listen to that. And Smith Wigglesworth, I mentioned him in Finney's episode. And uh, I call it a companion piece, not so much like William Seymour and the Lucy Farrow episode. Those were really like the same time frame and they were together at the same, they, they were closely linked. It's not so much that. I mean that in a companion piece in the sense of these revivalists during the Great Awakenings who who moved in great power of the Holy Spirit. And uh, so that's what I mean by that. But they, they, they'll, they will be 
They'll go really good together. So make sure you check those out. And yeah, well, that's about it. I just want to thank you for, for watching. Thank you for listening. And again, don't forget to subscribe. Help me out and share this. We're growing with every single episode. And I know you're going to enjoy it. So I'm going to let you get right into it. Enjoy Barry Miracle. Hey, brother. Hey, Barry. How you doing? Doing great, thanks. It's good to see you. See you too. There we go. So is this, so this isn't live to anything. We're just doing a recording, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, we, I don't, I don't live stream. I, because I do a little bit of editing. I add some intro music. I don't do much editing at all. I pretty much just do intro music and usually a little couple minute intro at the beginning and then upload it. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks. Yeah. You always. You're always so well dressed. Hey, that's the name of the game. <laughs> okay, so now I have to, I have to ask you something. Go for you it. post all right. You posted a picture this morning on Facebook. Yeah. And it is one of the <laughs> it is one of the one of the best pictures I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> you laying on the beach. I have it right here on my phone. Yeah, yeah. You laying on the beach and you're wearing white short shorts. Yeah. And a pink t-shirt with uh, palm trees. And then you are sporting one glorious mullet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, I, I had, I spent more time in my hair than my wife did. Yeah. So, Cause you, you have your, mo, you have your mohawk. Did, how long did you have that mullet? Because I, I kind of, I had, I, I had it back. probably from 15 to well, probably about 20, 20 ish, five ish years. I'm, 50, I'm going to be 54 in, in a, in a couple of weeks. Really? Yeah. Uh, so you had, man, you had it for a long time and now you've got your awesome Mohawk, which yeah, and I, I, I had this, I, I wore like a faux hawk kind of thing and then a, whatever you want to call it, but I've had a straight up Mohawk for now 10, 12 years. Oh, that's, that's, amazing. I am Mohawk. So yeah, I wants to do this anyway. So Tammy <laughs> likes it. That's, that's the bottom line. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Do it. I, for myself, I always wanted to have like a giant biker beard and like shape, but my, well, my wife, I, I, my wife oh. won't let me, this is what I, I looked like when, this is what I looked like when she met me. And so this is just for all eternity. Apparently this yes, is apparently, <laughs> but you'd always pray, you know, that God would give her a grace to repent and change yeah. the way she thinks. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that's you, the... you need one like right down to here, <laughs> maybe two braids. I love, yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or three braids and then you can braid the braids because oh. you got a, You got a manly type beard. Mine's, <laughs> yeah. uh, mine's barely, barely on the, know. Like, Indians can't grow hair much. I mean, <sighs> we can grow hair up here really good, but facial hair, it's hard. That's, I, you know, that, that's amazing. I actually, you know, I, I encountered you. I, I learned about you from your daughter, Sarah, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, uh, I didn't meet her personally, but I uh, saw her perform. She was leading worship at Revival Harvest America in Olean a couple of years. Do you remember that at all? That was in New York, wasn't it? Yeah, that was in Olean, New York. Yeah, she yeah. she was that there. Was great, great time. Yeah, she was there playing, and so I ended up friending her on Facebook, and then I saw you, and I yeah. uh, you always stand out just because of your like I said, you just you have awesome hair that stands out <laughs> you, you always have and then your teaching style you're you're so on fire all the time you're really high energy well and I, I just it's just that's who i am i'm not you know i, I just i really 
I really need the Lord and I really love the Lord. And I mean, that's, that's the bottom line. And so it just, it just makes for great life. Amen. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So actually you, you said something on your, your podcast, uh, which I think is just, it's been so good. I've been listening to it as the episodes have come out and oh, thank you very man, much, man. Is it, it valuable? It, you think? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because you're, you're so encouraging. You said, I actually have some notes here that I want to, I want to talk about, about your podcast sure. as well. Yeah, just some, sure. some things you said that I just thought were so exciting. Uh, wake up into your dream, which I'll put uh, all these things we talk about. I have our show notes and the description. And so I'll put Perfect. for listeners and watchers, I'll put that in there so people can thank you the link, check out your podcast. That. Yeah. And, awesome. uh, but one thing you said in there in your, your podcast that your newest one is you said that your, your daughter had encouraged you to share more about yourself and introduce yourself, mm-hmm. which I thought was perfect. It's a perfect segue because this, that's how I start all of these interviews is right. I ask our guests to kind of, to share their testimony and right. share about themselves. And so would you be able to just share your story? I know you did on your podcast, but would you, uh, be willing to share your story and give kind of a recap? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No problem. So you're a Mohawk, right? Yeah. And you've got uh, a pretty amazing, amazing story. You're, you're a fourth generation believer and you were telling, sharing about your grandfather. Can you, can you share a little bit about your grandfather and being Mohawk that, cause I didn't know that just seeing pictures of you, you're, you're pretty light skinned. So that, can you just share about that? We could just darken this up maybe a little bit. (laughs) I'll change my lighting over here. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, well, I was, I was born on the Tainanega Mohawk territory, which I, you know, I, I talk about a little bit, but I actually wasn't born on the territory. I was born in a hospital near the territory, but I actually grew up there for 18 years of my life. And then I went off to college and then came back and ran a business for like 20 some years, well, as well as doing ministry at the same time. Um, so my parents were both born again and they're in the ministry and then things happened and um, they, they broke up. And so that led to a lot of um, places that a child should have to be in. And, um, you know, there ended up being abuse and rejection and all these different things. But I thank God for my grandfather, my grandfather, Garunyuk Dedje, um, which means, which is Mohawk for along the heavens. Um, oh, wow. he, was, he was a stabilizer in my life. He was, he, he's, um, he's a hundred percent Mohawk. His first language was Mohawk and he got kicked out of school or actually, I don't know what happened, but he, he got, got a grade two education. So he, he grew up, he couldn't read or write in, until he was 21 when he went to Bible college after he got saved at the age of 21. He was a hobo that used to travel up and down the railroad tracks all throughout Canada, the United States, and he would gamble. And this is how he, he made his living. He packed a gun, a flask of whiskey, cards, you know, cigarettes. But he went to a camp meeting one day, which became Shandaramakote, his one-stop shop. 
And he, he would actually make Jesus Lord of his life for real. Took out his gun, took out his cigarettes, took out his whiskey flask, took out his cards. He never drank, he never smoked, he never swore, he never, he, he, he never shot anybody. I don't know if he shot anybody up to then, but I think he was willing to. Uh, but anyway, he, he ended up really making Jesus Lord of his life. And then he, shortly thereafter, he helped build the church on the reserve. And in the midst of building the church, it's called the Mohawk Pentecostal Church on Tynanaga Mohawk wow. Territory in Ontario, Canada, which is about two hours east of Toronto. He ended up going to uh, Rhode Island uh, Bible College, and he learned how to read by the dictionary and phonetics. And he began, and this is how he got his education in Bible college. This guy was the original dreamer in my life. Now, God, our Father in Heaven, is the original dreamer. Amen. But uh, he was he was the one that was God with skin on for me. He was my best friend. And the last seven years of his life, I was able to serve him quite faithfully and um, just loved him to bits. And then my grandmother, uh, Lillian, who's a uh, descendant of Robert the Bruce. And so I, I say on my latest uh, podcast, I, I say, know I, I, I was I heard you know, the being name. Mohawk and, and being Scottish. I was just born to kill stuff. <laughs> And yeah. so, uh, but then I, I say, don't worry, because I'm not after you, just everything that is after <laughs> your stuff. <laughs> so, yeah, it was, uh, it was an interesting journey. And I want to just tell all your listeners today, Alan, and thank you for the opportunity of coming online with you. And, but I want to tell your listeners today, nothing can stop your dream. Mm -hmm. That before there was a was, there was a God who was nowhere in the midst of nothing dreaming about you. God made the heavens and the earth. So he made the heavens, not just the heaven, not just the sky that we see, not even the second heaven where the enemy, you know, is, is called the principality and power of the air. Not in that. That's not the only, but he created also the third heaven. So if the third heaven, if his throne was created, if his throne room and the rivers of living water are created, and, and the sea of glass and the angelic realm are all created. Where was God before there was a was? He was nowhere in the midst of nothing, being secure in himself, being uh, um, not, not needing anything, but wanted to share the attribute of the core of his being, which is love. And this is what, and this is what he did to share this he dreamed about somebody, another speaking spirit, just like him, and he dreamed of you. Man, that's so powerful. Yeah, you said something. Actually, I want to, I wrote it down because it was so, it was so powerful. It said, uh, um, where was it? You talked, <clears throat> you talked about, yeah, you said something I want to ask you about because you, you talked about how God was the, the original dreamer and how yeah. if, if, if God did something, I love this because you said if God did something for someone else, then he's obligated to do it for you. Right. And how right. even right. You, you talked about Jeremiah the prophet and how Jeremiah right. was, was just a man as well. Can you can, explain that a little bit? Okay, well, there's, uh, if I can remember, remember them all, I talked about kingdom principles and how to discern the word of God effectively and effectually. Um, and, and so one thing we have to understand is that the word, the word, the Bible does not contain the word of God. The Bible is the word of God from leather to leather, uh, uh, leather to leather, cover to cover. 
everything in there was divinely inspired by God as he was moved by men of old and by the Holy Spirit, and they wrote down these things. So we start there, and we believe in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5, that, and this is a reference you're making uh, to Alan, that be, uh, that God knew, this is God telling Jeremiah, and Jeremiah is writing this down. It, it reminds me of something like, you know, John the Beloved, the, dis, the, the, the disciple that Jesus loved. John would call himself as he's writing it down. He's the author of that. But this is what God felt about him. And he knew that. And the facts are a fact. A truth is a truth. And I'm and 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 he knew if you know you need to know that you're loved just like John was loved. Like you are the one that would put your head on his chest. You are the one that would breathe his oxygen. So Jeremiah 1, Jeremiah 1, 5 says, I knew you before you were in your mother's womb, and I sanctified you before you were born. So this is what I was making reference to, that if God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and if there's no shadow of changing in him, and that the promises of God are yes and amen, that, that he's, the Lord says, I am God, and I change not. So if he's not a respecter of person, it means that he doesn't show partiality towards anyone. <laughs> then where if you can find it in the Bible, you can have it in this world. So if, if he dreamed <laughs> and, and, and wrote down and got a prophecy that, that God knew, and this is a principle, you need to know that God, you were all together in God <laughs> even before time began. And you are a time release answer into this realm and not a problem to be solved. We need a paradigm shift on how we think of ourselves and understand that we were created for love, by love, for one main focus to be the target and the affection of the love of the Father. Yeah, you said that uh, on your podcast as well. You said that you are... People need to understand that they are an answer to be given, not a problem to be solved. Yeah, and I'll tell you what. Being delivered. Yeah, exactly. And that's something yeah. so many people, they need to hear that. They, oh, that that's yeah. what I've loved about what you've been sharing is Thank you. You, you, you speak a lot of truths that they aren't fluff. They're really just straight cutting through to the heart. And it's, it's so powerful. Did you, did you always feel a call to be a preacher? I know you're a multi-generational believer, but did, yeah. was that the call you always had on your life? How did, how did God call you into the ministry? Yeah. Well, my grandfather was in my grandmother's womb when, when she got baptized in the Holy ghost. Um, at the age of about 20, I remember dating this girl. I knew I had, I knew there was something gifting, gifts on my life. I know I was gifted to do something, but I didn't want it. I was like, if this is what I've got to pay for this, this is too expensive. And so I just, I ran, I ran for about six years uh, from the call, from the time I was about 15 till 21. When I, it's funny because my grandfather gave his heart to the Lord for reals at 21 and I did as well. Uh, but I remember sitting in a restaurant with his girlfriend I should have never been dating. And uh, that 21, I'm 50, I'm going to be 54 in a couple of weeks. So that's a few years ago, but I'm sitting there and I, and I, I said, I said, 
so what's the future look like? And I just said, well, I know one thing. I will, I'll, I will at one point return to my Pentecostal roots. Hmm. I will return to, to, you know, God is the, the best way I could put it, you know, because I grew up, my grandfather would go, when he um, graduated from Bible college, he was the first native that was ordained by the assemblies of God and sent into the mission. So that's my roots. And so um, at the age of 21, I began, Alan, I began to seek out the anointing, the presence of God. I would go down to Jimmy Swaggart's. I would go, I would go to Kenneth Copeland's. I would go, if there were, if the, if I could smell revival in the air, I was all over it like a, like a fat kid on a smarty. <clears throat> and are you allowed to say that anymore? I don't need you, you, you already said it. It's it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you can edit that out. I don't know. But anyway, I'm, I, I just, I just really, and, and, and this is, this is the, the, the passion. I mean, to when, once you really have been in his presence, you're satisfied. And nothing else truly satisfies. I remember I, Tammy and I did pretty good in, in business. Um, God blessed us like crazy. Um, just a quick short, short story. Tammy and I were ministering in Kingston, Ontario at the Living Word Ministry Center with uh, spiritual father, Ken and, and Patricia Scott. And this prophet came in. I, I don't know. I think it might have been John Apostle uh, John Finocchio. Um, so he comes in and he, he has all the women stand up in the church that uh, are involved in business, either their partners or their husband is, has a business or they have a business. And they says, if you, if you will pray in the Holy Spirit for one hour every day for the next 30 days, God is going to supernaturally break into your lives and pour out a blessing, basically, I'm, you know, as much as I can remember properly, pour out a blessing that you can't contain. Well, we did it. I did it with her. I'm going to make sure we want this prophecy to come true. <laughs> so I, I prayed with her every night in the Holy Spirit as well for 30 days. After 30 days, we had $150,000 debt wiped out. Wow. And I had a product in my store that I could buy at, at you know, for five bucks and I could sell it for 10 bucks. It was a great margin. Uh, but I, I got on that product after we prayed in the Holy Spirit in obedience to God. We got 10 cents on a dollar for this product that I could sell all day. Wow. And then God just began to open up opportunities after opportunities. And I want to tell everybody listening, obedience to the word of God is your greatest weapon. Amen. Yeah, I, I, this is, this is really good because I, I do a lot of interviews with a lot of missionaries because I, I've been a missionary. I'm in my yeah. 20th year as a missionary now. And so I have a lot of obviously friends who are missionaries and a lot of the people I interview that, yeah. and as missionaries, and I know a lot of ministers as well. One of the biggest struggles is finances. And I know oh, yeah. for a lot of people, uh, myself included, there's, there's kind of always that struggle of, is it okay to be in what supposedly is secular business while in ministry? Yes. yes. Yeah. A capital exclamation mark, red highlighted with yellow marker. Yes, <laughs> yes, and yes. Amen to that. Yeah, you clearly got it. God is <laughs> I don't blessed. Know, I don't, well, let me see if I can think that, if I can make that any clearer, Alan. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say, I'm going to go with yes. Yeah. I mean, obviously we know Paul did it, but 
It's yeah. like a, a lot of, there's still that, even for me, and I'll ask you, I'll ask sure. your opinion as well, because that's something I struggle with. And I know a lot of missionaries struggle with it as okay. well. Yeah. Uh, you, ha- you have a book on Amazon, which is the same title as your podcast. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Waking up into your dream. Yeah. Wake so, up into your dream. Wake up into your dream. Yeah. So, so my question is, is this, uh, a lot of missionaries in particular struggle with the idea of selling products. Right. And so, I myself have struggled with that for a long time as well, because there's, there's the one hand where you need to fund yourself. You need to fund your ministry. Yeah. And yeah. a lot of times people just don't give, they don't give donations that, oh, and, and so yeah. then there's a the thing of selling products, books. And so, but there's the people struggle with that. Like, okay, am I selling the word of God? Yeah. Uh, how, so how do you reconcile that? Well, do you remember when Jesus uh, was a little um, um, angry one yes. day? And he went into the temple and he flipped the tables and he whipped people. That doesn't look like the Lamb of God with the, the weak wrists holding on to the Lamb. <laughs> That's right. That's right. But he wasn't angry so much because of the sale of the product. He was angry because they were taking up space for the Gentiles. Oh, really? Yes. You study that out. And and you 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 know you've you've turned the you know the the this house of prayer into you know something that's not supposed to be, and you're taking up the room. So you know Paul the apostle he was a, he was a tent maker. I mean he he you know you 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 find like um, Lydia the 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 maker of purple, she supplied and and these people they they had businesses so that they could do ministry. You know there's just uh, and, and I think it's, it's these, I don't know how to say it properly, so I'm just going to say how it's coming to me. There, there's this religious kind of an idea that, that separates the, the secular from the sacred. Yeah. Everything came out of God. When it talks about, there's a Hebrew word, and sorry for me, because I, I didn't know we were coming here. I, I, I could have studied, studied this out more, but there's this one Hebrew word that is the same Hebrew word for worship and work. What you do, no matter what you do, if you're doing it unto God, you're doing it as worship unto him because there, it's, not, it's, not, uh, it, it, it's not the separation of the two. It's not the clergy and the laity. It's the claity. It's, the, it, it's we are all become you know, priests and kings unto God. So a plumber, when he's working plumbing, because he's called to, to remove, like he's a dung, he's a works at the dung gate. This is it, the calling on his life is really to work at the gun. He opens up, you know, and shuts off, you know, certain gates. And so a plumber working in as a plumber and doing it unto the Lord is worship unto him. So whatever you find your your hand to do, do with all your heart as for doing for the Lord, not for men, since you know the Lord Jesus Christ is the one you are serving. That's scripture. And he talks about, and I could turn to it, I could probably find it if you need me to, but he talks about um, the the craftsmen that were anointed. Hmm. So if you, I, I know that people, they, they say, well, Paul, the you know, the, the apostles had to, you know, stop waiting on tables so that they could spend time uh, in the word and preparing their hearts. And I agree. And, and, I, I'm, and, and let me make a, a, um, a footnote here. Every person is a case by case. So I can't tell you because it's good for me, it's good for you. 
everybody, you need to lead, learn and you need to learn by the leading of the Holy Spirit in your life. And, and not everything is not a cookie cutter. Everything is not the same. And so you may have a season where you can do it and a season where you can't do it. Like in 2009, I shut down my business and walked away and, and, I, and I went into what you would call full-time itinerant uh, ministry. Now, I've been, we've been pastoring at Desert Stream Christian Fellowship in Belleville for 20 years. Uh, we've been walking with the apostolic team for over 20 years there, Kevin and Sherry Dowling and Mark and Rhonda McFall. And we have this other couple that we brought on about six years ago, Mark and Katrina Henshaw, and they've been with us for six years. Uh, but, you know, is it okay that a pastor gets paid? Yeah, I've worked. the Bible said a workman is worth his hire. And so whatever you find your hand do, do it with all your heart as for doing it for the Lord, not for men, since you know that you, it is the Lord Jesus Christ you are working for. It, it, it's him. So if you do it as unto the Lord, you, because you can't, you can't do it. Like the Bible says, if you can't do it in faith, it's sin. So if, if, you, if you write a book and, 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 and you feel you can't sell that book, that you have to give that book away, that's between you and God. I ain't judging you. But you have to know that there are other people, like I couldn't, I, 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 my, my um, formal education besides the Bible pro programs and courses I took was business administration. I majored in marketing. In, in business college. So when I went into the ministry, quote unquote ministry, which I was always in the ministry, but you wouldn't be called in the ministry unless you're a full-time minister. That's a lie. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. And, and um, so I couldn't, Alan, I couldn't promote myself. I wouldn't promote myself. I couldn't stand taking up offerings for myself when I was out. And I, and I still don't. And people ask me, how much do you charge? I said, Listen, I don't charge. You need to know this is what I do for a living. This is how I provide food for my family and, and a vehicle. And I, so I just put it between you and God. Hmm. And, then, and if they pressed and I said, well, this is how much I usually get. But I'm not telling you to. I'm not sending you an invoice. But I'm telling you, it, but I'm for, for, for like 20 some years, I was in business making a, a lot of money. And I was also giving a lot to the church and being uh, an assistant pastor and, and, and speaking in different other things. So it's, uh, yeah, I'm not that, anybody to do because it is your walk with God. And, but I want, but I do believe, Alan, I do believe that every servant should have abundance. Yeah, I agree with that. I know for myself, Again, just especially in my younger years as a missionary, I was living yeah. on $300 a month yeah. for years. That's what I lived on yeah. when I was living in, I was in Turkey for two years and I was in Panama wow. for 14 years. And I, wow. for the first, probably, I want to say six years of that, I was living on two, $300 a month. Yeah. And I have learned as I've grown in the ministry, as God has begun to bless our ministry yeah. more. And, and cause that's what God does when you're faithful. He starts to bless you. And that you the, one of the, it. Yeah, it just it chases you down. It chases you down, and that's it one one thing. Chases you down. And that's right. I, but I love you. Don't how, have to manipulate. You don't have to control the situation. You just got to love him 
and love people. And he, he just said, I love you, son. Yes. <laughs> but I, that's what I, I had to, I had to let go of that poverty mentality as well. And under, because now at where we are in our ministry, we're not a big ministry, but now my wife and I, we support multiple missionaries ourselves I and we're still that. missionaries. I love and the way that, and I have definitely learned there is, it's a lot better whenever you can bless others, when you can, you can, uh, as the Bible says, you can be the lender and not the borrower. Yeah. And you know what? The, the, the one thing I had to learn because in 2010, you know, I stepped into it. We went, we did like, I did a six month journey all across Canada and leading me into Hong Kong. And, and I began on this journey of, of God doing this with me and cornering me. And all of a sudden, Barry wasn't Barry. I was into a place where I had no more answers. Where, where you know, the rubber met the road and Barry died. Hmm. The identity and the self-awareness and the self, the amano amano, the the self-made man, I can come up with my own solutions, you know, whatever. I, that was all gone. And, and then I got reborn, reborn. And um, the, it's, on, it's, it's all about this journey of trust. And when you learn, and, and, and if you ask me, ask, I want you to ask me this question. Say, Barry, how would you define God in one word? So Barry, how would you define God in one word? Well, I'm so glad you asked that, Alan. <laughs> Faithful. Amen. Amen. Faithful. My God wow. is faithful. So now you, you've been on this, this journey and you're doing so yeah. much now, but let's, let's go back to that moment when you're sitting with this girl, you're not supposed to be dating. <laughs> Did I say her name? No, I'm just kidding. I, I don't think you said her name, no. but you're with this girl and you say, I'm going to go back to my Pentecostal roots. Well, how, how did you go from there? Where did you go from there? Uh, probably back to the club that night. <laughs> Uh, but God was chasing me down and I just sat in my dad's lazy boy one, one day after I was hung over at the age 21 and I was so empty and I just cried out and I said, dad, I knew it was going to be sooner than later, but here I am. <laughs> and the thing that was, is so amazing about the, you know, the story of, of my conversion, my salvation is my beautiful wife, Tammy. Two years before I came to the Lord, she spotted me at my store. And she asked her mom, I wonder if he's a Christian. And she says, I don't know, you can pray for him. She prayed for me for about two years. And I walked through the doors of her church, Calvary Temple in Napanee, Ontario. And I gave my heart to the Lord. Wow. I, I, I jokingly say that my wife prayer stalked me. <laughs> But uh, she's part of the reason why I'm in I'm, I'm my life and I love her and, and we've been, and it seems like just recently, I was just telling uh, one of my buddies, I said, just seems like Tammy and I've come to this new level of love and, and passion for each other. And it's just been so beautiful. But, yeah. That's amazing. It's amazing how time, time will do that in a marriage. I, I, 
nowadays there, and I think, I kind of think maybe it's probably always been this way. I'm not, I'm not sure. It seems like every generation criticizes the generation before them, oh, sure. but I think every generation is basically the same because human nature, sin nature, yeah. but a, a lot of young people, there's a lot of divorce happening right now. And I, mm-hmm. I often tell that my wife and I, we've been married for 14 years. And I say mm-hmm. for us, we, we struggled the first couple of years. My wife's Panamanian. I barely spoke Spanish. She didn't speak any oh, English okay. when we got married. And so there are wow. all the, all the cultural things that go with that. We just but had the language of love. That's, that's all we had. <laughs> I always tell people she, we, our first conversation was passing a dictionary back and forth as she showed me around town. And I knew that she liked me because she offered to buy me an ice cream cone. Yeah. And that was, I the mean, way I just, to your heart, bro. that's the way to my heart right there. But I, <laughs> I tell people for us, really, whenever we hit 10 years was when we, I felt just a change. Like we really wow. connected at 10. Wow. Wow. And I, I just tell people, if you hang in there, uh, yeah. it's amazing what God, God will work out. It's and, for sure. I, I tell people all the time, know that you know that you know the one that you're to partner with. Yeah. Tammy and I, I mean, she's been a delight to live with. Tammy is like perfect. So she's steady, Maddie. She's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I think her middle name is never mind. <laughs> but um, people freak out. <laughs> but um, but you, there are challenges. You know, there's there's things that that come against you. But when you have the one that God said, this is the one. Uh, when you have that, you can walk through anything. Because if you have a word from God, you can, you can stand up and you can walk through anything. There's a grace for it because he called it. Yeah, so. did, did Tammy always feel a call to ministry? She was in Bible college, but she dropped out to marry me. <laughs> but, but then you went to Bible because you're ordained <laughs> as, you have several titles. You're apostle, yeah. you're a prophet. Yeah. Well, I don't... You know, I'm not calling my I'm I'm not calling myself those things, but that's what people called me, and that's what people recognized in my life because an ordination is just a recognition sure. of what God did, right? So yeah, I was ordained a bishop, apostle, uh, prophet, and reverend. But yeah, anyway. yeah. So you went to Bible college. You you got saved after Tammy prayed. I, I didn't go. I did. I did. I did go to a, a Bible college. Um, for a few courses, I did some other stuff online and stuff, but um, that's not my formal training. But you you do operate quite a bit in the prophetic. Yes, sir. So let me ask you something, because there's the prophetic is one of the most uh, sought after, one of the most um, powerful gifts in a lot of ways, and right. especially uh, words of knowledge and things, yes. especially yeah. right now, a lot of people are talking about words of knowledge. But yeah. I, so, something interesting about you, and I'm just curious about your take on this, because yeah. A lot of, uh, there, we know that there are a lot of people out there who they are self-proclaimed prophets. And then there are people yeah. who are, who are truly prophets like yourself, yeah. who you, you really do move in the prophetic and in the Holy spirit. Yeah. But a lot of prophets, they send, they tend to take on that old Testament mentality of judgment right. and they're kind of angry mm. and, hey, but you're so Ooh. upbeat. Ooh. And so how, how do you reconcile that, that heart of God in that Old Testament, what people see as judgment God and the New Testament love God? You can, you can yeah, I, I'd love to touch on that. But just see, unfortunately, a lot of Christendom still operates out of the Old Testament in everything we do. 
So it's not just the prophetic, it's, it's a, a lot of, but we also have this mentality in our, in, in our minds that the Bible actually in salvation begins and salvation is it. And we look at Genesis chapter three at the redemption of man. And that's what's pontificated. That's where it's all about the salvation of man. Well, I mean, this is God came to destroy the works of the evil one. We, we understand that. For this purpose was the son of God manifest that he would destroy the works of the evil one. But it doesn't begin with John with Genesis chapter three. It actually begins with Genesis chapter one, the dream of God. So the dream of God is, and we must understand that the core of his being is he is love. And we, we must understand that we've been upgraded from uh, so much of the principles of the Old Testament. And there's certain things that come through the cross. There's certain things that stop at the cross. And there's certain things that are transformed by the cross. But everything has to meet the cross to come into the new covenant. I'm going to tell, somebody, I'm going to tell you something right now that is scripture that is going to blow people's minds. I'm going to ask you a question. Who is the greatest person of the Old Testament, in your opinion? And then I'm going to uh, tell you what Jesus said. I would say John the Baptist. Yes. Ding, 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 ding. You have a winner. You get my book. Wake <laughs> up into your dream. Anyway, um, the, this is what Jesus said. He says, of all the people born of a woman in the Old Covenant, John the Baptist was the greatest. Come on, that's what Jesus said. This thing's all about Jesus. So when Jesus says, it's, it's really, really true, right? Amen. Better than David. Elijah. Abraham, and who, whom we're grafted into the line of Abraham. He, everybody is subservient to the greatest, who is John the Baptist. But the, what does the Bible go on to say? But he who is least in the kingdom is greater than, than John the Baptist. Yeah, I've heard a lot of theories on that. Why do you think Jesus said that? Because it's true. <laughs> because we've been upgraded. When we understand, Jesus says, greater things will you do. I need to go to the Father. If I don't go to the Father, uh, the comforter will not come. But if I do go to the Father, the, the Holy Spirit, the, the Comforter will come. And these things you will do, and greater things will you do. We've been upgraded. He was the firstborn of many brethren, and we are the many brethren. Our, our, our descendancy, we, don't, we are not now descendants of Adam. We have been recreated and born again. Jesus was the last Adam. Last means last. So in my lineage, it starts with the firstborn. Hmm. and what we've been upgraded okay let me take this a little deeper who is man that you are mindful of him and made him just below the king james says angels but that's incorrect transliteration it is actually the word for god the pluralization of god elohim so what is man that you made him second second he made him second of all creation what is man that that you that that he has become the crowning glory of all of your creation that's pretty phenomenal that when he, when he talks about us in the old covenant but when you step into the new new covenant we've been upgraded to being a co-heir with the creator We have been co we have now been upgraded 
into being a co-heir. Is that true? Are we seated in the heavenly places in Christ? Are we, are we in Christ and is Christ in the throne? with Christ doesn't have another throne. He's sitting in the throne with his dad and we're sitting in that same throne. And he, and he is saying, as, as I am, so are you in this world. First John 4, 17. This is Bible, but we cannot, we cannot, oh my God, we can't, we can't believe that. We can't, we can't, uh, uh, we have to believe it and we must crush these sacred cows of that, that have been stealing people's lunches all the time and this false humility and all this time. I, I, here, here's my deal. I need God. I, I need him. Tammy and I pray every day together for about a half an hour. And it's my favorite time of the day together. And we do it because we need him because every day is a brand new day. And we are excited about what God is about to do to, through, and for us. And, and I'll tell you, we have been upgraded. So what, this, is, this is the fact. What was the transactional reality of the cross? What really happened? Alan, I'm standing in my washroom a few months after I have a massive heart attack. Three days before my son's wedding, I have a massive heart attack. Oh, wow. Very inconvenient. Yeah, that sounds pretty inconvenient. Yes. I would be disappointed. Disappointed. <laughs> Two days later, I'm serving at the rehearsal dinner. Wow. Come on. After having two stints put in my heart. But a few months after that, I'm standing in my, in my bathroom, getting ready for the day. Sorry about the visual. And, <laughs> <laughs> and a voice comes to me and he says, John Ball Jackson didn't make it. Bishop Eddie Long didn't make it. Bishop... Uh, um, from, from the Bahamas, Bishop, uh, oh, he preached on the kingdom all the time. It'll come to me. Anyway, these three major men of the kingdom of God in my life, like spiritual giants, yeah, have done so much ma ma amazing things for the kingdom and around the world for people. And this voice says, they didn't make it. Why do you think you're going to make it? You're just low man on the totem. Hmm. And I'm like, I am. That's a good question. I'm thinking to myself. And then as soon as I thought this thought, as soon as I began to entertain it, another voice came and saying, son, and I'm not, you know, I'm not saying anything about anybody. I'm just saying, this is what happened to me. Yeah. And, and the Lord said, sometimes my servants don't fulfill the call and complete the mission because they put more faith in what they're about to do than what I've already done. So our faith is in the blood of Jesus Christ. My faith is in the resurrection of the lamb. My faith is in him sprinkling his blood on the mercy seat. My faith is in the, the after he did that, out, uh, releasing the Holy Spirit into this realm. These are the deep things of God. And we have not even really scratched the surface of what the blood paid for. Do you think that a lot of things, a lot of people miss out in their call or a lot, because you talk about this right now in your podcast, you're going through kind of a series on identity. You're, you're talking about your dreams and 
dreaming mm-hmm. in God, but a lot of the core things that you talk about are identity. Do you think a lot that is happening right now is a lack of understanding of identity just in the church in general? Right. Is that a question? Yeah, that's a question. Okay. Let me actually, let me see if I can find one. Oh, I'm messing things up here. Yeah, we were, I just, I had an interview uh, not long ago, just a, a week or so ago with a couple of the, you know, what's happening with Sean Foyt and all the, the big movements. I love it. Yeah. So the, I had an interview with the guy, his DJ, there's a guy who does DJ music whenever, right. during all the events and, oh yeah, uh, and they were talking about how these different places that they've gone, particularly in Chicago, they had so much resistance from the mayor and and uh, all these different these different uh, authority figures were resisting and threatening to arrest them and take yeah, down I all the that. equipment yeah. yeah all this stuff but then the i went uh, the deputy chief came and let them use her bullhorn and they had a picture up of it and everything like that and i was we were talking about how kind of the state of the a lot of the church has come to this point where there isn't someone like, like Sean Foyt came and yeah. the Lord is using him in these great revivals, but so many church people are criticizing the move that God is doing and siding more with, with fear of the pandemic and all these different things. Right. And we are talking about, it seems like there's just a general lack of understanding of how God moves in, in our identity in Christ. <sighs> so true. I'm, I, first of all, you have to come to the conclusion that God is a good God that, that he, he doesn't, he's not looking for ways to punish you. He's looking for ways to forgive you. He's looking for ways to get you in heaven, not get not, not keep you out. He's, he's a good God and he, and he has good paths. Ephesians 2.10 in the AMPC translation talks about the good paths that he prepared, the good paths, the good paths that he prepared for you before time began for that you can walk in. But I, here's, here's what the Lord shared with me. And I just, I just want to pull it up so I could get, you know, you know, share everything I really feel on it. Identity is not just, not necessarily just who you are. It's not, we, we've come to the conclusion that's not, our identity is not in what we do, but your identity is not even in who you are. You're, you're, you are, who you are is a part of your identity, but not the whole sum total. Your identity is not the sum total of your history, education, experience, culture, and or economical social parameters. Your identity is not summed up in the balances of victories or losses. Many of these things attribute to your identity, but at the same time are not the foundation of the true you. To find your identity is far less complicated, but much more spectacular and profound. We have been looking at the fruit of your identity, and that's some things I just mentioned, but we must first look at the root and the foundation that gives us the true sense of identity. I have mentioned many things that don't give us true sense of identity because we have been schooled over the last two decades with, I gotta know who I am to be happy in life. So here, so where does my true identity start with and come from? My true sense of identity is found securely in whose you are. Is that from your book? No. Oh. This is um, this is will be another book I'm working on. Oh, it's really good. It's not in, it's not in who you are. It's not in what you do. But it, your I, true identity, which is supposed to bring security to your life, is in whose you are. 
And, and we talked about this earlier in Jeremiah chapter one, verse five, before I formed you, you, you in your mother's womb, I knew you before you were born. I sanctified you. Like I, I, I got, I, 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 I got something. I would blow your mind just about that sanctified you before <laughs> he sanctified you before you were born. Wow. See, everyone on the planet is healed right now. Everybody on the planet is saved right now. And you go, whoa, 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 we're into universal. No, 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 no. You got to hear me out. Hear what I'm saying, not what I'm not saying. But unless you accept the work and put your faith in the work that was done and, and receive the payment, it's like it never was done. But it's all been done. God provided. That's why you can get saved anywhere at any time because all you have to do is tap into what was done. I sanctified you before you were born. Wow. That's hard even. It's, it's hard mm-hmm. to wrap your head around. I know. I know. So, so who were you in the midst of whose you are? Gives you the best, most accurate identity. Okay, I'm going to say that again. So who you were altogether in God before you even were in your mother's womb, before he knit you in your mother's womb. Psalms 139, another reference. So who were you in the midst of whose you are gives you the best, most accurate identity of self. Man, that's so powerful. You, oh, okay. So you, go, can, go can ahead. I just go ahead. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, th- here we are. When, you, when ch- your true identity is wrapped up in whose you are brings the security that identity was always meant to bring. Your identity must stem from and be an overflow of who the creator knew before there was a was. <laughs> wow. Your identity must stem from and be an overflow of who the creator knew before there was a was. And I'm going to get to a, a really good point here. Long before you had a soul or a biological formed body within your mother's womb, God knew the true you. This is one of the... <laughs> Okay. Uh, uh, okay. Here, let me, let me just, uh, this, this is one of those things that when this book comes out, mm-hmm. people need to get the book that you have released right now, wake up into your dream. But when there's this, a lot of this kind of thing in it too. Yeah. Yeah. But when this book, this is one of those areas that I would be highlighting and picking apart because there's so much condensed. Yeah. Into this one. Okay, check this, out. This, this is the point I wanted to get to. And then I, I might share another scripture, but sure. In the glory, you begin to remember who you were. When you begin to breathe the atmosphere of heaven, you come alive and you say, that's who I was. And, and then he says, in the glory, you begin to remember who you were. In the glory, you will begin to remember whose you are. And this is what I said to the Lord. I want to know the one you knew. And I want to be the one you knew. Wow. That's that. Wow, that's heavy. That's awesome. Amen. I love it whenever God downloads these truths because there are things, it's like sometimes whenever you hear worship music and there's worship music that you would tell it was written, it was written to entertain, but then there's worship music that I just did a whole episode on this podcast. Every two weeks, I do a, a biographical episode on someone historical. And I did one on, oh, on yeah. Bach, Johann Bach. Johann Bach. Okay. And Johann Bach was a classical composer and he, he, uh, there's a a book about him called music from, from heaven's castle. 
And it's been, he wrote over 1300 compositions in his life and over two thirds were worship. Really? And oh yeah, he was an incredible guy. Was it like Beethoven then? No, no, not at all. He was, he grew up in the church his whole life. Everything, wow. everything he did was to worship God. He was really? powerful. Yeah. He was an awesome guy. Wow. He has, he has music. Uh, I, whenever I was preparing for the podcast, I was just listening to some of his music. He has a, a piece called uh, John's Passion. And it's one song that he wrote over several years and it is two hours long. Oh, wow. And it's got 40, 50 voices, multiple instruments, and it's all just worshiping God. It's, it's about the gospels, the gospel of John. It is so powerful. But it's things like that where God clearly has just, it's come out of heaven's castle. It's come out of the, the, the glory, out of the atmosphere of heaven. And you know, because there's that, that touch of glory on it whenever you hear it, just like what you were just reading. Clearly, that's There's God. an authenticity that resonates with your frequency. That's right. Yes, tell me about that because you mentioned that in your podcast, the, the singing string theory. Yes. Tell me about that, please. Well, let me start with something prophetic. I was minding my own business and I go into an open, I'm just about to minister to my spiritual sons. They come to my house every Tuesday of every month, every uh, second Tuesday of every month. And I'm, I'm about to minister and I go into this open vision and I see this LP, this long play album, black vinyl come down from heaven. And I see a needle come up from the earth. And the Lord says, I'm releasing time released sounds that I pre-recorded, but are to come forth now. And my instruments that will resound my sound will release into this realm a reverberation that will go into the very camps of darkness and set them back three generations. That's a, that, that would be 120 years. So back in but what, what the technology of communications was in the 1900, in, in 1900, not 1900, but the year 1900 would be his communication capabilities to communicate his message to the world. If he can find somebody to resound a now sound. See, we're not looking for a new sound. We're looking for a now sound. And so as we begin to resound the sound from heaven, see, we're all in this place called the unknown, bro. We're in this place, uh, um, we've never been here before. You know, this is what God tells Joshua. He says, you've never been this way before. I wanna tell you, you've never been this way before. I was singing the, the, the Big Blue Sea song, um, the world as you know it, you know, you know, <laughs> I, I'm still fine. It's over, but I'm still fine. It's like a prophetic song, right? Because the world as we know is, is, is gone, but it doesn't have to be worse. It can be better. If he can find somebody to stand in the midst of darkness, stand in the midst of the unknown, because the place of the unknown is the only place that you can create something that never was. Wow. It is a great opportunity that we stand in today as children of the creator. 
You are to be like him. You're, you're, to, you're to look like him. You're to act like him and smell like him. You, as he is, so are you as his ambassador from the third heaven into this realm. You create with God. You In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Nothing was made except that it was made by the word. 11 verses later, 11, a number of transition. We come up with 1 John 1, 14 that says, we beheld his glory of that of the only begotten of the son. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. I want to tell you, though everything is made up out of and held together by the power of a spoken word. Yeah, you gave out some wild, I, I don't remember all the numbers, but you talked about how the, the voice of God has been traveling. Because uh, according to a lot of scientists, the, the, the universe is still expanding, yeah. which completely makes 286,282 miles per second. That's it. That's right. The speed of light. Yeah. Because whenever God spoke it for, what, 5,700 years ago, correct? Yeah, 5,781 years ago. It, it's still going out. Yeah. It's still, it's still, it's still expanding. It, that, that's absolutely. At that speed. That's amazing. million seconds per, per year. I, I read this article about the scientist who, this is a few years ago, but they were taking, because everyone has unique DNA and they were taking DNA from people and they were, they have, I don't know how they do it, but they have some kind of machine where they would take DNA and translate it into music. Wow. And each, oh, each person, you can actually pay to have it done Go with through. your DNA. Each Go person through. has their own, own sound. frequency. Their own frequency. That's right. And I think that's that, that whole, what you Every talked about. Every person is an original. Yeah. And the whole world is waiting for the real you to show up. Because that's when you become the manifestation of the sons of God that the Bible says the whole world is waiting. All of creation is waiting for you to be the real you. Because you have authenticity. There's this, my, my son told me about this group that uh, they're a secular rock band and they would traveling between gigs when you could travel between gigs. <laughs> and they would put on the radio and they put it on scan. And they would, they would play this game called, can you spot the, the Christian station? Huh. And they would push it. And, and I, I don't mean to be critical, forgive me if it comes across that way, but it, they would say, and they would stop it. And they said, that is it. That's one. Because a lot of times we, we in, in Christian circles, we get into these loops where we're, and we begin to market worship instead of, having a raw, authentic moment in the presence of God. And this is what the world's waiting for. And I told my daughter, Sarah, I said, Sarah, uh, and we talked about this and how that we, we need that authentic sound to come out of us because every person comes here on purpose with a purpose to fulfill a purpose with an authentic sound to resound. Yeah. I, my wife and I, 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 also trying not to be critical. I often complain about a lot of Christian radio stations because yeah. a lot of it, a lot of mainline or mainstream Christian music, that. absolutely. But a lot of it seems to come from a, a place of defeat. A lot of it, when you, when you hear that it's, yeah. things are really difficult, things are really yeah. hard. And the, the, the music kind of proclaims that as well. well we like, need to really do backmasking on a lot of those songs because we need to get our truck back. Yeah. Our wife back. That's right. Our finances back. <laughs> That's right. Amen. Amen. You, you said going, going back to, I, I just want to get into this but in, in your right. book. 
And, and it's true. Wake up into your dream. And in your book, you said, I, I wanted to ask you about this because you said that as people dream, their dream will be unveiled and they will understand that they are an answer being delivered, not a problem being solved. How, how can somebody dream so that their dream is unveiled? How would a person do that? Uh, as it, as your faith is, be it unto you. So you have to believe that there is an original dreamer that dreamed about you, that dreamed about and prepared a pathway. If you, if you turn to Ephesians 2.10 and you study that out with a few different uh, translations, it will blow your mind about how God prepared for you and, and that he went ahead of time. Okay, you ready? You got your three-point harness on, Alan? I got it. I'm ready. Okay. If Jesus, according to Revelations 13, 8, was the lamb that was slain before the foundations of the earth, Selah. If Jesus was, and he is, the lamb that was slain before the foundations of the earth, that makes Jesus your savior before he was your creator. Huh, that's, I got to think about that. For me. That's awesome. That's very powerful. So that means, Alan, he had your back before you had a back to be had. Wow. He went ahead of time and prepared every storm you would be in with more resources than you could ever use in 10 lifetimes. So you need to believe that God did everything for you and, and believing. So being willing to be willing, if you just pray this prayer, I'm willing to be willing that you begin to be put smack dab in the, in the middle of the will of the father for your life. If you are trying, he, he will be like, like he was to the four leopards. You know that story? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's in Kings where, where the, the four lepers are outside the city of Jerusalem. Jerusalem is being sieged by the Syrian encampment all around them. They're sitting out there in their leopardous problem. And many of you are sitting there in your leopardous problem. And I'm saying to you what the lepers said to each other, say, why sit we here till we die? Pull the trigger. Get up, shake yourself. If, if what they did is they said, if we go into Jerusalem, we're going to be stoned. If we go to the Syrian encampment, we may be killed. Let's go Syria. They got food. Only trust guys that are led by their bellies. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so they, when they begin to walk towards their answer, God multiplied the sound of their frequency. And it sounded like the Syrian, uh, sounded to the Syrians that on armies, and they said stuff, they must have hired people, you know, to come after us. And, and their, their eight feet sounded like armies coming after. They were confused. And they, just, they left everything and they went there and were an answer and a solution to the people of Jerusalem. What am, I, what am I saying to you? Take a step towards dad. He will multiply. Take a step out of that pit. I know many of you are sitting there and you feel like you're in this pit of despair. You feel like you're in this valley of dry bones and you're disjointed and you, you don't feel connected and you feel isolated and you, you feel quarantined and you're social distancing and all these kind of things and you have no, can't hug and you can't do anything and you're feeling like in this total pit of despair. I just want to say, stop looking at the walls. Stop looking at the dirt in your life and look up. 
and begin to take a step and he will multiply those steps. And in no time, you're going to be sailing high into the heavenlies with him. How do you know your dream? Alan, I don't know the worst day of your life, but there are things that have dogged you. There are things that have tried to stop you. There's weaknesses in all of our lives. We have a, um, um, the, the area that has most buffeted you, where that connects with the thing that you would do for free every day if money was not an issue. What makes you get out of bed in the morning? The thing that jazzes you, the thing that you, you, you are most excited about doing. The place where your greatest weakness and your greatest passion connect is where you meet the real you. Wow. So you just write these things down, think about, contemplate them, and you'll yeah. find out. Because the thing, generally speaking, this is generally speaking, uh, and I haven't met a situation actually that hasn't been true. The area of your greatest weakness is also the area that you'll bring the most deliverance to humanity. I've seen that a lot too. Whenever, yeah. I'm sure you have to, whenever, when we do ministry on the streets or in missions, yeah. Yeah. some of the places that we go, uh, I was I was in Iraq. This was back in October, and we were there. We were we could see an ISIS camp. They were they were right there. And we, it was amazing. We were actually at Nahum's tomb, the Prophet Nahum's tomb. Oh, wow! And you could see the ISIS at the border where ISIS is. Yeah. And some of those guys, and God was doing incredible miracles there. Love we went it. to love it. Uh, man, we, it, it would take too long to go into all of it. But basically, what we discovered, and we've seen this in many countries where we minister, is these people who are the most extreme when yeah. they come to the Lord, yeah. they take that extremity, that, that extremism yeah. within them. Yeah. And they become some of the most incredible on fire people for Jesus yes, th that you'll ever find. Yeah. And it's, well, it's Paul the so apostle hard. was, was breathing murderous threats, you know, standing over the body of Stephen, the first yeah. martyr. Yeah. And, and, and his clothes are right there. And, and then God takes this murderer, the zealot, you know, and makes him into the man that would write almost two thirds of the New Testament and be the 13th apostle. And 13 is the numerical value of Ahava, which is the Hebrew word for love. One of the Hebrew words for love. the numerical value is 13. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, 13 is not a bad number. 13 is awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. You said, you said here, and uh, I know we're running out of time, so I just want to ask you this. You said all truth is parallel. Yeah. If it is true to the physical, it is also true in the spiritual. Yeah. And that that's a very interesting. I, I've never heard that before. Can you in your, well, in your I'll have to blame Maura Sorello on that one. Okay. Uh, yeah, he I, I learned that from him about 20 some years ago when I went to a conference and I'm standing in the conference and I'm and I'm seeing all these great men and women of God. And I and I'm and I'm just, you know, getting started off in ministry, you know could I do that one day? Would that, that be possible? Could, could I, you know, do that? And, and these are my thoughts, but anyway, um, all truth is parallel. So you, you'll notice there's hints along the way. If, if you, if you have uh, a gift and, and some people will say, you know, you have a premonition or, you know, it, it, there's like, you have this sense or this feeling. Uh, and if it's happening in the physical realm where you're walking into a room and you're sensing things, then you, it, it may be a, a actual spiritual gift that God has given to you. So because the, the you know, the 
Third John 2 says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou was prosper and be in health, even as your soul prosper. So we, I am a spirit, I live in a body, and I possess a mind, will, and emotion called my soul. So right now, I'm born again. I'm spirit. I, I, the, I'm one with the spirit of the living God. But my, my, my soul is being transformed by the renewing of my mind. As my mind gets restored and the crooked place is made straight by the word, my will gets fortified and my, and my emotions get trained. And then my body lines up. And so um, ask that question again. So oh, all truth is parallel. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so so as, as, as you're lining up with the truths of heaven, it, it will begin to line up here on earth. As you, as you are, are um, re, re, refocusing and, and transforming your mind, a truth of, of, from heaven will become a truth on the earth. And, the, and, and all truth is parallel. So there, what is greater than the fact of cancer is the truth of 1 Peter 2.24. What is greater than the fact of gravity is the, is the truth of propulsion and aerodynamics. There are certain things that can overrule other things, and a truth is greater than a fact. So when it's true in the spiritual, it can be true in, in the physical. Amen. That's so powerful. And you, you make it. And see, you're in this, guys, you're in the place called unknown. It doesn't have to be good or bad. You choose by what you believe and what you speak. Your deliverance is in your declaration. Your victory is in your voice. And there is power when you praise his name. So I have one last question and you may yeah. want to save this for your own podcast. So if, if, yeah. so feel free to keep it as an exclusive, but yeah. I wanted to ask you about your grandfather because you mentioned, right. you mentioned how he had such an incredible story. And mm -hmm. on our podcast, I, like I said earlier, every two weeks I do a biographical episode. Yeah. I was curious if one day you would, you would be open to coming on the show and yeah. just, just talking, just sharing your grandfather's story. Sure. Uh, I'd love to. Um, I'd love to share some of the miracles, you know, I, that. I would love when, that when he cried out the name of Jesus and him and my dad were with sitting in the front seat with my grandmother. And as they came up on this train, because they didn't have all the bars and everything and, and the train was just going by and they cried out the name of Jesus and they demolecularized and then they remolecularized on the other side. They went right through the train. <sighs> Oh Stuff man! Like yeah, I would, I would love, I would be honored if you would come he has on. Yeah, sixteen hours of taping in Springfield, Missouri. Uh, really? Uh, on his life, yeah. Oh wow! In in the mecca of assemblies of God. Man, I want to hear, I want to hear his story. Yeah, I, I would be an honor if you'd come on another sure. another time, and we'll just we'll just talk. You can just share his story. Sure. Right. Well, thank you so much, Barry. I really uh, appreciate you. Yeah, thank you for for taking the time to do this. It was such an honor and. And I I'm, I'm just want to encourage everybody listening, go get, uh, get on his podcast, subscribe, give him that five-star rating and uh, get his book and, and just stay updated with everything Barry's doing because it's, it's, as you can tell from this interview, it's, it's so powerful and God is really using him. Thanks, so thank, thank you, Barry. Have a great nice afternoon. Yeah. Amen. Bless you.